Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us today for another episode of Reconciling Grace. This is Pete Vecchi, one of the associate pastors for West Carrollton Church of the Nazarene, and we are going to be discussing a topic today called, How Does God Discipline Us? And joining me on the panel today is Mick Wells. Mick is the president of Wells of Salvation Ministries. He's one of the co-hosts of Cross Connection Radio. Vicki Cundiff is with us today. She is one of the associate pastors for Countryside Church of the Nazarene in Lebanon, Ohio. And leading the discussion today is Steve Wilson. Steve is a graduate of United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. He has a master's degree there. He is an author. And Steve, how does God discipline us? Well, let's start by asking, has something ever happened to you that made you wonder, is God disciplining me? Have any of you had those thoughts? Well, it was pretty much beyond a shadow of a doubt. It was early on in my Christian walk, and uh, I was, God has taught me a lot about patience since then. <laughs> but, you know, being impatient uh, so easily with my children, you know, my little children. And uh, one day I was just upset with my daughter over something, and just as if you had said it to me, Steve, the, the Holy Spirit just said, all right, that's enough. I thought that was pretty good discipline for mm. just saying, hey, you know, stop it, <laughs> in other words. And I listened to that, you know, right away. Okay. So you mean that was kind of like the Spirit, the spirit speaking actually, to your spirit? Yes. I just, you know, heard that in my mind, all right, that's enough. Kind of like a, a father would tell their child, mm -hmm. right? A little scolding. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that I remember this happening so much. And I, this goes way, 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 way back to my early childhood. I'm talking preschool days where now this isn't biblical, but I still remember my mom telling me that if I would hurt myself, so like I bumped into a table or, or whatever it might be, that that was God spanking me for something my parents didn't spank me for because they didn't know about it. <laughs> so literally, when I was a little kid, very, very little like that, anytime I would hurt something, I would wonder, stop and think, okay, what, what did I do wrong? <laughs> well, let me uh, <clears throat> say that I'm very envious when the discernment like you just described, Vicki, uh, would come to you because I'm not very good at, at discernment. Um, we live in a fallen world where bad things happen anyhow, and so when these things happen in, in my life, I ask God, I said, did I miss something, you know, mm -hmm. and what am I supposed to do about it? I can't think of anything that I can specifically tie to disciplining from God. However, I can't rule it out. I just don't know, but I, I think uh, all those circumstances drive me back to the Lord to seek a solution. All right. Okay, well, if we can go ahead and read some verses, and then we'll come back to some of these questions. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. Okay, the Word tells us, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, 
and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights in. Okay. So it says that the Lord disciplines those he loves. So let's look at what is the purpose of God's disciplines, or of God's discipline. We could read Psalm 94, 12 to 13. Blessed is the one you discipline, Lord, the one you teach from your law. You grant them relief from days of trouble ill, till a pit is dug for the wicked. Okay, so we could just stop there. And from that couple of verses, what can we say is the purpose of God's discipline? To teach you. Right. To teach us, to keep us from falling into that pit that the wicked's going to fall into. Um, okay. And Hebrews chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Okay, so what, is, what do those verses say are the, is the purpose of God's discipline? To bring us to holiness and godliness. Mm -hmm. He disciplines us in order to correct us and teach us, instruct us, uh, nurture us, you know, and increase our, our faith, uh, to train us in righteousness because, you know, we are a um, child of God. It made me think of the scripture from 2 Timothy 3.16 that said, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so he's disciplining us for our good, you know, to mature in our faith. And as Pete said, you know, uh, for holiness, you know, to be more holy as he is holy. Mm -hmm. And I like how this Hebrews uh, passage says, later on it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And I guess we can take a step back and say, well, what is discipline we think about that word what is discipline how can we define that well i know that one thing you would ask steve is um something i, I hope i'm not um getting to this too early but i know that you were going to ask at some point does all discipline involve something physical and i have kind of noticed that there's another meaning of discipline that I kind of tend to understand. And that means to do something, to be disciplined to do something. In other words, I have a discipline that I follow doing X, Y, Z. You know, my discipline is that I might, um, you know, pray at a certain time every day, or I might read the Bible at a certain time every day. And that's not necessarily um, in the form of a corrective thing, that's just saying I'm learning how to discipline myself. And, and of course, the word discipline and disciple are connected. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that's what I was going to say, Pete. You took the words out of my mouth. That, well, uh, sorry. <laughs> that uh, disciple and discipline, uh, you see the word in many contexts. Uh, any church denomination probably has a something called a discipline. It's a, it's a training. It's, it's how to do things. And uh, I associate the word disciple with training to uh, share God's word and the Christian principles uh, to those who need to know. Okay. So again, we go back to that word training. In Hebrews 7.11 says, However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So let's go ahead and get into those different forms of discipline that God's discipline might take. Paul gives us an example of one way that God was disciplining Christians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 through 32, says, So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. Then this is the discipline part. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. It says many among you are sick and weak, and a number of you have fallen asleep or died in the New Testament lingo. So it seems that at least one of God's forms of, pun or of discipline is physical. He made the people sick and weak, and some of them died. But what are some other forms of God's discipline? Pete, we already talked about spiritual disciplines and, and the way that God trains us in that way. Uh, are there other, I guess, more direct responsive types of disciplines like, for me i know that one of the things that is unpleasant that i have to endure and it's not necessarily as a punishment or you know because i've done something wrong but it's being told by god wait you know i want to know the answer yesterday but sometimes i need to wait and that waiting is sometimes very, very difficult for me. But in the waiting, I found this to be true uh, from doing a lot of waiting, but in the waiting is where, like I talked about earlier, we're being nurtured, we're being taught, we're being instructed, and most importantly, we're going deeper in God, learning that deeper trust and to depend on Him uh, more and more. You know, I think it's especially true if the rug's been pulled out from under you, so to speak, and you've experienced loss or multiple losses or something, you, you fall flat on your face, don't you? And, you know, you need God desperately. So uh, I just think that's part of it. Part of the discipline is um, getting to know Him better, and that's why He lets us go through some of the things we go through. You know, there's a number of places in Scripture where we're admonished not to be double-minded, to approach the throne of God knowing that we are reserving within ourselves um, the choice 
of, of sinning and yet asking for his blessing. And there is a scripture, and I don't remember what it is exactly, but I think you'll this will ring a bell. I think it's husbands who don't treat their wives with respect, the Bible says, otherwise your, your prayers would be hindered. And that's actually a form of discipline, I think. He's basically saying, if you come to me, keep it above board, do what I tell you so I'll more readily uh, be attentive when you come to me and pray. That kind of goes along with the words in the Lord's Prayer to forgive us our sins or forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us. Yeah. So it's kind of like uh, a continuum there. You you need to forgive others um, because we want God to forgive us. And um, we are right about at the time where we need to start thinking about taking a quick break for our sponsor. So we will be right back. And we're back with Reconciling Grace, asking the question, how does God discipline us? And we've been talking about various different ways. And Steve, you said you wanted to add a couple of comments. I was going to say that we've talked about how God's discipline takes a lot of different forms. It takes a physical form in the case of the Corinthians, who were eating and drinking the body and blood of the Lord unworthily. Uh, Mick mentioned the fact that sometimes... God doesn't hear our prayers or God um, or our prayers are hindered in some way when we're not acting in accordance to his will. Uh, we talked about how we have to wait. We've talked about spiritual disciplines training us for godliness. Are there any other forms of discipline that we can think of? I think that one way is the consequences of sin. Um, God has created our bodies. And so if we abuse those, our body in some way uh, with something or, or however we could abuse our body, so, so many things that we could do that, um, it's going to have consequences, a natural consequence or discipline uh, from God. And one of the things that I'd like to just pick up on there is something that you mentioned with natural consequences. Um, sometimes I question if those natural consequences are actually from God or from being in a fallen world, because sometimes things happen to people when they really haven't done anything wrong, but maybe somebody else has done something wrong. I'm thinking of a situation, for instance, where somebody gets wiped out in a car by somebody else who was drinking and then got behind the wheel of a car and was driving. That's not necessarily God disciplining them, but it's the natural consequences of sin in this world. You know, I, th I think a pr any given Christian can look at the circumstances of their life and go crazy trying to figure out how to label, categorize, classify what's going on in the world. Job was probably wondering what in the world's going on when the Lord gave Satan permission uh, to afflict him. Uh, with limits, of course. But, you know, I think it's very frustrating. I take some consolation in that the bottom line is the same. No matter if it's coming from God or something that God has permitted to have happen in our life, we, you know, we look around, we see innocent people suffering, even killed and things like that. We're wondering, okay, is that the Lord's discipline? 
or is it just the results of a fallen world? I think all of those circumstances, if you put the labels aside, the answer in all cases is to go to the cross and say, Lord God, uh, what is the meaning of this? How do you want me to respond to it? I take consolation in knowing that uh, God is working all things together for my good if I love him and I'm called according to his purpose, which I am. And so there may be an element of, of uh, trust that the Lord has it in hand. And um, I, that's kind of what I think of when trying to figure out if it's from a fallen world or directed or permitted by God. You know, we've been talking about how we experience and interpret individual cases. Uh, we've talked about, you know, how do I discern if God is punishing or if God has disciplined me or not? And I think maybe that's where we need to take a step back from ourselves and say, well, it's not about us discerning if God has disciplined us or not. Uh, Mick, if you could read 2 Corinthians 5 through 8. And Steve, would you agree that this passage is uh, concerning a discipline uh, administered by the church? Yes. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8 state this. If anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me as he has grieved all of you to some extent, not to put it too severely. The punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient. Now instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you, therefore, to reaffirm your love for him. Okay. Can so, I add there, Steve, that there's a couple Greek words in the New Testament that uh, the Bible transla is translated in English as punishment. There's a couple of Greek words that apply this one, I don't even know how to pronounce it, where you see the word punishment here is epitomia. But there's a different one. Uh, the punishment being talked about here is to be gently corrected. And in other words, it's telling me that church discipline should not be in the hands of a bunch of people who are sadistic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> We're talking about what the Lord wants, and he wants restoration and uh, fellowship restored because, uh, as it says here, so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow, refer, re, uh, embrace the individual and refer, reaffirm your love for him. There are other words uh, translated as punishment from the Greek that, that apply to um, eternal judgment. I just wanted to point that out. Okay. So we have here a case where the church is carrying out uh, some form of discipline against an individual member. And I wonder if church discipline needs to be more than it is today. If we need to uh, allow ourselves to be held accountable more to the body of believers than we are so that we don't view our sin as a private matter. We don't view God's discipline as a private matter. So that we don't have to figure out, is God disciplining me when I got a flat tire today? Uh, is God disciplining me when I got sick with the flu last week? You know, rather, 
No, God is disciplining you when the church says, hey, you know what? You're not living the Christian life. I think a lot of that goes to the question of the church's role in the life of Christians. If you look at what we are referring to as the church, I'm assuming you mean the worldwide church of Jesus Christ, not any specific denomination or whatever. And I think that that's part of the issue that we deal with is that there are so many different denominations, so many different ways that uh, people worship God. Um, One of the things that I like what you say, Steve, I, 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 I agree with what you're saying. However, I also know that there are some churches, for instance, that are not governed by a denominational body, and they are maybe just hey, we set up this church on our own. You know, it may have been some minister from some denomination that says, hey, I'm ordained, and now I believe God has called me to start this church, and all of a sudden it's what we might call a non-denominational church. And this is not to say that every non-denominational church is good or bad, but all of a sudden these different types of churches can go off and just get so far afield from what um, Paul is talking about that it, it's, I think what we're saying is it's difficult. And I had a, a comment here that, um, that I was going to read in a different, in a different uh, episode that we were talking about, but I think it applies here where somebody said this. They said, idealism is great, but it has to come with a dose of reality. I think that uh, church discipline, you know, the, the main focus is to bring about repentance for that person. And I like the point that you made out about what the word punishment actually meant uh, in the Greek because it was to be done gently and to be done with love. And, uh, you know, the Bible says love covers a multitude uh, of sins. Um, but as far as your question about whether or not, um, you know, what it was going to do the rest of the church or should we do that, you know, today, this was the second letter to the Corinthians that you read from. Uh, and the first letter um, in chapter 5, uh, he was speaking of a man, telling him to um, put him out of the church, and it was because of incest, so sexual Mm -hmm. morality uh, Mm -hmm. going on. And that whole chapter, I read that whole chapter, and uh, in it it said here, uh, remove this wicked person from your church. And in verses 12 through 13 it says, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. And that's from Deuteronomy 17.7 that he was quoting. And so if you don't remove that person, in other words, speak to that person, try to do something about it, you're condoning that, which is like contaminating the church. You know, the the Bible likes Mm -hmm. to refer to the yeast, you know, and spreading through and uh, the body uh, of Christ. Um, But so I, I do think that I don't think the church disciplines as much as they should. They should do it in love, like the Scripture is saying, um, and do it properly. It doesn't have to be shouted out from the rooftops to people. I don't think it should be. I think it should be done uh, more quietly. But if you don't do that, then that looks like, oh, that that sin is okay. And and that's, in some places, that's what the church has become. I've often wondered if church discipline in the sense that the Bible describes it and the cultural context and the circumstances is even possible these days. When he talks about the church at Corinth, he's basically talking about the body of believers at Corinth as if there's a unity, a unit 
there, a church there, a local church. Now, if you compare that to where you and I live, recognizing that church discipline, as far as I can tell, is meant to be carried out at the local level by the local church. I can recall a case where my pastor attempted to confront somebody about sin they were involved in. They even carried an office in the church, and the guy was called into the office, didn't deny anything that the pastor was talking about. But his response was rather than get himself together and and uh, embraced by a loving church family. His response was the church, first of all, didn't even know. The church body didn't even know what was going on. Next thing we know, the individual's gone. And he started attending another local church where the pastor and the, uh, the, the believers there condoned the type of behavior he was being challenged by. And so when you have... 30, 40 churches in a commuting area, they said, oh, well, you're going to discipline me for that? Enough with you, and I'll just go attend somebody else. So I'm not sure where the tactical basis for carrying out the desired effect is when there are so many choices, and it's not like Huber Heights here, for example, is a is a Corinth, and there's one church. Mm-hmm. They have all kinds of choices, and, and I think... Uh, in this sense, where's the tactical basis for enforcing church discipline when it's all over the place? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I think it just each individual church has to decide they're going to obey God. Right. Basically, and if that person leaves, then you know you you did what you were supposed to do, and that problem's not in your church, you know, right now. Yeah. Uh, even though they may go somewhere else. Uh, but still, I, ultimately, this is what the Bible instructs us to do. Exactly. And to do it in love and to do it with the purpose of uh, repentance and trying to, you know, after it's over with, to just, you know, do like in the biblical sense of forgiveness that that's not, they're not held accountable for that anymore. And they're loved and accepted back into the family. So but, the purpose is repentance. But what if that person who is needing to be disciplined is your largest financial contributor? Doesn't matter. I know. <laughs> I know it matter. doesn't. It shouldn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> David. David in the Psalms he wrote, uh, "God owns the cattle on a thousand hills." In other words, all the money belongs to Him. That's right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So I want to go back to the passage that we read, Hebrews chapter twelve, verses seven through eleven, and in verse nine, it says, "Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father?" of spirits and live. And I was thinking, when my father disciplined me, I knew exactly what it was for, right? I knew what I had done wrong, and I knew the exact discipline I was getting as a result of that. And again, I think that's why we need to take this idea of discipline, take a step back from it in our own interpretations, because I can... I can construe things all kinds of different ways. Well, I didn't get that job because God thinks I'm not reading my Bible enough. Or, you know, just crazy things that the God kind of looks down at me and says, huh, how did you get that? But if we take a step back and submit ourselves to the local church, and, and yeah, there are problems with that because I can just walk out the door and go somewhere else. 
But if we'll submit ourselves to the body of believers and allow the discernment of the whole, say, this is what living like Christ looks like, and I'm sorry, you're not there right now. If we can do that, then we, don't, we, we take these questions out of our lives. We don't have to wonder because the church will help, uh, help us understand that. And that's a great place to end. Steve, I thank you for your leadership in this topic today. Steve Wilson, Mick Wells, Vicki Cundiff. This is Pete Vecchi thanking you for joining us for Reconciling Grace. This has been Reconciling Grace. Join us again next time as our panel discusses biblical truths centered around the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ.